hey guys, let me get you off to the right start on your online dating journey. And it is going to be a journey. Boy, do I promise you that. But do you want that journey to be a little less painful? Well, go to kristencarney.com slash dating help and I can help make that possible. I can help power up your dating profile. I can help fine tune your banter skills, which will take you to the next level and get you the girl that you want. So go to kristencarney.com slash dating help. That's kristencarney.com slash dating help. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's podcast, we talk about how to use your hands with women and her hands with you. It's a very, very interesting episode, unlike any that we've done before. So keep listening. Welcome to yet another episode of the Ask Women podcast. It's been like six years, Barney. Did you know that? 60? Six. It feels like 60. <laughs> I know. Like I, know. 60. I know. Isn't that nuts? It's crazy because I got a notification on Facebook saying this was from six years ago and it was us, I think, on podcast one with Dr. Drew Loveline. I know. When so, we anyway. were cool. Remember that? When we were cool, if you could call it that. But we have an awesome guest today to tell us all about relationship palming. I'm not, of course I'm going to get this wrong. She's a relationship. This is not a sexual episode. (laughs) But okay. So this is interesting. So, you know, when, when we had been connected, it, 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 it pulled my attention in when I saw relationship palmist and heart harmonizer. That's, that's who we're talking to, Cynthia Clark. We have Cynthia on the line with us and I'm going to obviously ask you a million questions, um, but I want you to, to introduce yourself and say hi first. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I'm very excited to be here. So thank you for having me on. Yeah. And yeah, um, what a palmist is, is somebody who reads palms. (laughs) Okay. So I've actually been reading palms for over 10 years and I've worked with over 7,000 people. Oh Holy my God, my. you've touched 7,000 hands. Ugh. Yeah, gross. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love hands. I think they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, so what's the heart harmonizer portion of, of this? Yeah, so I can identify people's blocks through their hands. And one of the aspects is I can see how your heart may be blocked. In other words, <gasps> how you may be blocking yourself to finding a partner or if you're still recovering from relationship issues or trauma or divorce. Oh my gosh. I mean, I want to like, I was going to say, can you look at Kristen's hands? I want you to look at her hands. I should, I didn't even realize that we could be doing this. I am so unblocked. You don't even know me anymore. Oh, really? No, I'm still blocked. I'll always be blocked. That's never going away. This is interesting. So, so, so tell me about, I I just want to hear about this. So how, 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 how do you do this and how, I don't even know where this comes from. So yeah, so my harmonizing services include helping people to just unblock whatever is blocking them. And I've, I've actually, I'm certified in a bunch of different modalities in energy healing. And I've been doing that for about 20 years. So I've got ways to help people to move through their challenges and back into 
Harmony. So, um, and I do all of this uh, remotely and worldwide. So you you don't even have to be in the room with me. So a lot of times I read hands over my computer and I, yeah, all I need is a picture of your hands and I can just blow it up on my computer and then I can do the session that way. Okay. Well, so what are some of the typical blocks that you see? I'm just looking, I'm looking at my hands now. I'm like, what looks blocked? <laughs> but I know that you're seeing something different, but what, what are some of the typical blocks? Well, a lot of times people struggle with giving and receiving. So okay. I've got um, the receiving part down really Especially well. women, so they actually have trouble receiving, believe it or not. Oh, <laughs> I, I think uh, I've got triple receiving, to be honest. <laughs> well, that's interesting because when you said that you have no problem receiving... Uh, I, I kind of had the, like what Cynthia was saying, that's my belief system that that women do have a hard time um, receiving love and attention and attraction, not in the beginning stages, but later on uh, down the road when it comes to relationships and love. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you said both of those things at the same time. Um, can you go into that a little bit more, Cynthia? Because yeah. just remember that these are mainly men who are listening to this call um, or to, to, our, to our podcast. Well, like, right. most likely <laughs> incredibly really- blocked. Yeah, here's a really easy way to tell if a woman has trouble receiving. You don't even have to look at her hands. You can just ask her, you know, give her a compliment, okay? Say, oh, you look nice today or something like that. And if she accepts the compliment and says, oh, I thank you, you know, like that kind of response. Or if or if she turns it around and says, oh, no, 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 I look horrible. <laughs> right. Okay? If she says she looks horrible, she has a hard time receiving. And so what do you do about that? Like, I would definitely say that. I would say, no, I look bad. Stop lying. But then if someone offered me, I know it's not so literal, but if someone offered me like gifts in dating, I would gladly accept. Yeah. Well, that's a different kind of receiving though. Not, Mm -hmm. you know, that's... Right. I know it's not so literal. Yeah. You can, you can accept Amazon packages at your front door, but you may not allow somebody to come in and trust them. And it's it's a little, it's a little bit different. So I, yeah, uh, Cynthia, I'd I'd love to to hear more about this. So if a woman does make that comment, what does that mean for that man? How can, how can he steer that conversation so that that woman does open up and says, oh, this is somebody that I could receive from. Right. Yeah. So that just opens up the awareness, you know, so I like to give people awareness of things. So you, and you can also track that on your hands. So you can tell how your receiving energy is by looking at the bottom part of your palm. And it's actually going to be so near the wrist, but on the far side of the hand. So underneath the little finger. So that section of your hand, we call that Luna. And okay. when that section is droopy or if it's flat, that means that your receiving energy is is suffering. So that's just a good way to look at it on your hand and see if it's, you know, how is it doing? <laughs> okay. So, and so then when you recognize that it's something to work on. Yeah. Actually, maybe you maybe you could send me some pictures of hands that we could put up oh, so that yeah. people can kind of follow along. That'd be interesting. Actually, can you tell us a few more things to look for yeah. in your hands? Because I, I was even thinking that guys could use this on a date, maybe not on the first date, but maybe during an interaction to to kind of get a little bit deeper with women, get to touching yeah. them in some way. Um, but so what are some things that 
your hands, these a, a female's hands can actually tell a man? Well, the, the, one of the easiest things you can tell is how sensitive a person is. So, for example, you know, a guy can touch a woman's hand and kind of caress it a little bit, you know? Yeah. That, you can tell how sensitive she is by how soft her skin is. So if she has really soft, sensitive skin, um, that's going to show that she's going to be more, like you need to treat her more gently. Okay, if she's got thicker skin, well, then you oh, like probably, literally, yeah, like literally thick skin. Like you've heard of that. <laughs> um, there's something to that. So people with thicker skin are not as sensitive. Okay. So you, and most people kind of fall in the middle range. So there's actually four levels of skin texture. And so the softest is like the silky skin. You know, that's where it's like super soft. Yeah. You definitely want to be you know, careful with those types of people. Um, most people have what I call paper skin, which is kind of like a dry skin, but still sort of thin. That person is more, you know, that's more average or normal. And then it, it tends to be thicker on men. Like if men look at their own hands, like men typically have like a, a coarser texture. So yeah, it's, it's does that mean that they're all thick skin? Because because you know from this show no. and from what I've been doing it forever, I I can guarantee they don't. No, some men have very soft skin. Okay. Um, I've definitely, although it's not as common, but it it definitely can be that way. So it's always good to find somebody who is similar in skin texture to you, as far as like who's compatible with you. So for okay. example, if you have really thick skin and you meet somebody with super soft skin, chances are that's probably going to be a conflict. What about getting like lots of lotion? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, but I really like you. Just moisturize a little bit more. Yeah, okay. lotion, lotion obviously changes it. So you would want to ask the person if they have lotion on, if their skin is really soft. You know, it's interesting, but, honestly, that you're saying this. So a guy I was seeing somewhat recently had the softest skin in the entire world. And it was almost freaky. Like it almost felt like a baby's bottom and I felt perverse touching it. Not, mm -hmm. it, it was just so soft. But interestingly enough, we stopped dating because he was saying that I was like too cynical and I think a little too harsh. Interesting. And so that's like yeah. so crazy that you would say that. Well, that actually, I'm thinking about my husband too. He has... But he moisturizes like crazy, so I can't really tell. But um, he's definitely a little bit more sensitive than me, and his skin is so soft. Like, his feet, when I met him, it's like he had never done a day of work in his life, like never walked on anything, They they and he never got pedicures, and they were like the softest thing in the entire world. And then his wheelchair showed up, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. Right, I'm like, oh, no, I understand. <laughs> um, no, but like, but he he is very sensitive, and I'm a tough cookie, so that's interesting. Tell us more. I wanna, I wanna know more things about what a palm can tell you. Yeah. So another really good thing to check for is just the overall hand shape. Okay. So your hand shape forms by the time you're about six years old, and okay. you can think about like when your personality really starts to form. This is going to create uh, what I call an, an element. So you're going to have a primary element for your hands. So you're either going to be uh, fire, air, earth, or water. Okay. And if you can identify the type of person 
and the element that they operate from, it can actually help you to make better decisions in interacting with that person. So for example, if you have long fingers and a rectangular palm, in other words, like a really narrow, long palm, that is a water hand, okay, which a lot of women have this type of hand shape, but that means that she's very adaptable. And so, for example, if you want to ask her, you know, to go to dinner, for example, you know, you would, a water person probably wouldn't care. Like they would just say, well, wherever you want to go, I'll go where you want to go. (laughs) Okay. Go with the flow. That makes sense. Water. Exactly. Water is flowing. Exactly. Water's adaptable. So if you know that about your partner, then you can just say, hey, what do you think about this? And make the suggestion. But as the man, you better have an idea in mind. You okay. see? Because otherwise, if like if you're not decided on what to do, then she's probably going to feel pressure because it's like, oh, you know, well, I could go in any direction you want to go. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Now, okay, so that's the water hand. So if you have short fingers and a rectangular palm, that's a fire hand. And fire types love action and excitement and adventure. You know, yeah, if your girl is a fire hand, she probably wants to go somewhere new and exciting. So she would probably want to go to that new restaurant that they haven't tried yet, or, you know, maybe doing something active on the date, like going hiking or going biking or something, you know, active. So that would be your fire girl. Okay. Uh, if you've got short fingers and a square palm, that's your earth hand. Okay. Now, earth hands tend to be more common on men than on women, um, just by statistics. But you do see women with earth hands as well. And those types are going to be more interested in the solid and stable. You know, so you think of earth, it's like a mountain. It doesn't move. Right. <laughs> right. So earth-handed people, they want to go somewhere that they've been before that they feel comfortable. So they probably will sit, will have a suggestion of like, well, I always go have my steak over here or whatever, you know, right. and they're going to want to do that again because it's like, well, I've been going to this place for years. So that tends to be more of an earthy type person. Okay. Um, earth types also can be very comfortable staying at home. You know, so if you want to cook for the earth person, like, oh, they're all about that. They would love that because it's kind of cozy and intimate and and then they don't have to go anywhere, (laughs) which is totally fine with them usually. Uh, And then if you've got an air hand, that's going to be the long fingers and more of a square palm. And that's going to be the person who really likes a good conversation. So, you know, to take them somewhere to like a movie might not be the best thing for them because they can't talk, right? Right? They can't have an an interesting conversation. So, you know, for an air person, it's all about learning all about you and being able to ask questions. And they're they're very inquisitive and curious. And, you know, you want to set up your date so that you can have that flowing conversation. Okay. Interesting. Are there certain types of palms that are more compatible with each? Well, I guess you just stated how yes. people are. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, I'm so glad you asked that (laughs) because that's actually what I do now with my whole new um, soulmate code system. So I've been, you know, reading hands for a long time now and I've, I've seen patterns obviously through the hands and the hand shape is just the first thing that I look at. There's also what we call the personality archetypes. Okay. So I take the hand shape and I combine it with the fingers. Okay, because all of your fingers actually represent a different aspect of yourself as well. And these also correspond to the elements. So when you think about elements, you're absolutely right. Certain elements go together and work harmoniously with each other. And certain elements really don't work so well together, right? Right. So you would want to put together air and fire because those feed off of each other, right? And you would want to put earth and water together. So, because those elements are, you know, they're harmonious with each other. So when you look at hands, the same thing applies with the hands. So if if you're a guy and you happen to have an earth hand, well, your best match in terms of a partnership would be somebody with a water hand. And that would just be great for you. But if you're a fire hand, well, you should probably look for an air hand because that's going to work better for you. It's going to stimulate you and keep you excited. Right. That's so interesting so, with um, your star sign as well. I've always, or I had been very interested in that. And then, then the people that I would choose would either be air or water. Those were my choices. I never really was drawn to people who were the earth sign, but it's interesting. Like they live up to what, or your your relationship goes with that flow. Like, you know, water puts fire out, but also water's helpful for fire sometimes. So it all it all it really does make sense in some way. Well, tell me how you became so passionate about this. I know that you said, you know, you've been reading palms for a very long time. And obviously you saw some patterns that would help people, but there must be something in you that wants to deal with relationships. So can we hear a little bit more about you and your dating life or your married life or your life in general? Because yeah, I think that'd be interesting. Well, I, first of all, I didn't choose to be a palm reader. (laughs) I mean, this is kind of- just slapped you in the face. I was Uh going to say that, Marty. I was going to say that. I was holding back. (laughs) I am sure she gets every time, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. If you act together, for sure. Yeah, so I I have a very traditional kind of background. I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, nice. Um, I got a, I got a degree in business. No. In um, at the University of Utah. That's and so I was very, yeah, very analytical. Yeah. You know, I was rational, all of that sort of things. Um, I ran a restaurant for seven years. Oh, wow. I had my own restaurant down in Southern Utah. And I eventually uh, sold that. That was with my ex-husband. And I got divorced after 19 years. And um, I had discovered palm reading actually through a book when I went to the library one day and I just picked up this book on on palmistry and I had no idea what it was. I had never really studied it before. (laughs) And I had this deja vu experience. And I felt like I had read it. I had studied it. I knew it. I was remembering it. Uh, It was incredibly profound experience for me. 
And I couldn't ignore it. It was just one of those things that kind of hits you in the head and says, uh, pay attention. So you were you know? slapped. You really were slapped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was totally slapped in, into like, you need to study palm reading again. And I'm thinking, where is this coming from? <laughs> so I started testing out the material that I was learning in this book with a few people that I knew. And I had a really positive experience from everybody around me. They were like, wow, this is so cool. How do you know this? Oh my gosh, you should totally do this. Mm-hmm. And it just came so naturally to me. And so I became fascinated with the whole subject. And I I ended up um, you know, doing a lot of training and and practicing and everything else. And that, and then I just decided to make it my full-time you know, business. That's so someone, and so as someone who knows nothing about reading palms or books, what is it exactly about the palm that gives off energy or that tells us things about people? Yeah. So this is what's so cool about palms is, I mean, it, the science is very ancient. It's actually been around for over 5,000 years and it covers every continent, you know, I mean, as a human, we all have a pair of hands. So what's cool about that is that our hands actually are like mirrors. They reflect who we are. And there are actually three different aspects to palm reading, which I find also super interesting. And I, when I read for people, I, I can go incredibly in depth with them. So the first part is the fingerprints. Okay, which of course form on your hands five months before you're born. They never change. They represent your soul imprint. So you can think about coming into your body, coming into this life. You came in with a, a plan and that's embedded in your fingerprints. And you can't change that. Okay, but you can change sort of how, obviously we have free will to, to go through our lives, but the overall big picture soul imprint does not change. So then we have our hand shape, which I just talked a little bit about. That represents your subconscious personality influences. And when you understand that, it also can help you so much in your life because it shows you when you're out of balance, when you're in balance, and it shows your tendencies of what makes you happy. So if you can be you know, on track in your, within your archetype, then you're, you're probably going to live a pretty fulfilled life. Um, And then when you go against it, you're probably not going to be very happy. And then, of course, you've got everything else in your hands, which is the lines. You know, uh, they ebb and flow like rivers of energy. So that represents your free will. And past, present, and future shows up in the lines all the time. So when you think about, like, how you interact in your environment, how, you know, how you handle stress, uh, you know, all that type of stuff is going to show up through the lines your potentials, your talents, um, you know, how you feel, how you think, all of that shows up in the lines of the hands. Interesting. Can and these be can altered? See. Sorry that I, because it sounds like you, yes. okay, because you said at six years old, you have your palm or your fingertips, like these can change. Okay. Yeah. The fingerprints don't change and pretty much it's hard to change that yeah, hand shape unless you really change your personality. Yeah. But the lines do change and they change actually quite a bit. So in this, so, in this show, I always reference Seinfeld. So I really have to reference it here. So okay. he has, J- Jerry has a joke where he says something about glue because 
glue is made from horses hooves or something like that and he says who looks at like a horse and thinks you know what i can make glue out of this so who looks at a palm and thinks oh i can get something spiritual out of this like where why how did it even start i'm just so curious i know it's not super relevant in terms no, of no but dating, it is but because this can be helpful if a guy curious. is having a conversation about this this is a, a way to get you closer with somebody and to know something about them and to have like a tool to ask better questions so i think that having the background like you just asked for is is pretty interesting so yeah yeah like i'm very curious yeah, so exactly. And when I when I read for a person and I and I go into that realm, you know, it it just makes you understand that person so much better and it takes it to such a deeper level. So, you know, when and this kind of leads me to my current relationship. So when I got divorced, I went through a a pretty rough, you know, I consider divorce a trauma. It is a trauma. <laughs> I don't know. If, well, I for mean, some it's people, awful, right? Yes, it is a trauma. Yeah. Marriage is the first yeah, trauma, trauma. divorce is the second. It takes time to recover from that. So I, and then I ended up going into a really bad sort of rebound relationship right after I got divorced. And again, it's sort of like, okay, when you're really vulnerable and you're really, you know, in that space, yeah. <laughs> you're probably not going to, going to attract a good partner. And sure enough, that gave me a really great perspective on what I really didn't match with. And it's so interesting now that I like look back through the hand perspective of like, oh, of course not. This person wasn't compatible with me. And so then I ended up meeting my husband and I've been married now for a couple of years to him. And on our very first date, I read his hands. And it was so fun because it's like, oh, wow, guess what? He's compatible with me. Oh my God, I'm (laughs) still going to use that on a guy that I'm attracted to that definitely isn't compatible with me. <laughs> you like, oh my god, yeah, hundred percent matched. Yeah, that is yes. hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so after I just like found my husband, and then I got into this realm of, okay, I can see our compatibility. I can, and I understand him so much better, and now I can relate to him so much better as well. There was a piece of me that felt like I really needed to help other people with this. So that's when I went to uh, finding a programmer because I figured, well, I can't obviously read for the entire world, which, you know, that would take a lot of time (laughs) for me to do that. So it's like, how can I automate this so that people can actually get their hands analyzed and figure out if they're compatible with somebody without me actually having to read for them? And so I found a programmer and it took me months. I mean, this has been like over a year and a half now nice. of my projects. But I put together this website, loveinyourhands.com. And you can actually upload a digital photo of your palm into the membership area. And it will take you through to a result page. You can find out what your archetype is. And then it will also match you in the system with anybody who's compatible with you. Oh. So it can act also as a dating matchmaking um, site. As a way to, yeah, it's a dating website. Yeah. So 
And it's totally automated, which is really fun. And it uses my algorithm based on the hands. I like this. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I actually just emailed you my hand and I would love for you to take a peek at it because I I want to I want to hear oh this God, live in too. action. If you're, Sorry. you did? Damn no, it, we both I, did no, it. No, I didn't, but I'm going to if you did. Well, I beat you to it. <laughs> I'm coming. No, I'm coming. Don't worry about me. <laughs> All right, we will be back in a minute and we are going to, if Cynthia's open to it, I don't want to push this on you, but if you want to take a look at my hands. And then also we're going to answer some questions from you guys. So keep listening. Hey you, this is Marnie and thanks for listening to the Ask Women podcast. Hey, do me a favor. Take a quick moment to give us some feedback on our iTunes page. We'd really love to know what you think of us. And also give us five stars just because. All right, we are back. I pressured Cynthia and now she is going to (laughs) read my hand and tell me wonderful things, horrible things. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have, uh, well, we can talk about a lot of things, but the first thing I'm noticing is that your lines are actually uh, quite delicate and soft, which is water. Water element is your secondary element. Really? Okay. And yeah, which is common. Very common to see. That's actually my secondary element as well. Okay. And that shows up in the texture of the lines. So people who have like really deep lines, that's going to be more earthy or fiery. People with soft lines are going to be more watery or airy, depending on how the lines show up. But these are water lines. Okay. This is another kind of good thing to look at for everybody is most people know where the lifeline is which represents, by the way, not how long you're going to live. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the myth, okay. right? This is a total misperception myth that needs to be erased okay. from the books of wherever people think that's true, but it's not. Okay. The lifeline, because remember, the lines can change. Right. Okay, so the lifeline is still a very important line because it's your vitality and your stability. Oh, God, that's why it's so but, rocky. But we, Yeah, but we also look at it in terms of how introverted or extroverted are you. Oh, interesting. So if you want to look at your date's hand, you can just see how far out does the the lifeline go into the palm, into the center of the palm, okay? And I would say yours is uh, actually right on average. So that means that you can balance your introversion and extroversion. It's true. Which is actually kind of a nice place to be because it shows that you're, again, pretty flexible. I like how your lifeline comes down. It comes pretty much straight down into your hand. Like it doesn't go like really far back in towards the thumb. And it also doesn't go really far back towards the the other side of your hand, the Luna side, which means that you like in terms of your stability, you can make home pretty much wherever you go. True. So. Yeah, you're you're going to be comfortable in different situations and you're more adaptable when the lifeline is like this. Okay. Okay. But I do see some lovely uh traveler's lines, yeah. which are just like the little forks that come off of the lifeline. Yeah. So I would recommend some travel for you yeah. is actually beneficial. Um and this is also useful, you know, when you look at a date's hand. Another thing you want to check for is that big Venus mount. And this is another really easy thing to just see on a person's hand. This is also known as your thumb ball 
region. Okay. okay. And I see that that's actually pretty nice and puffy on your hands. And that represents your giving energy. So when you, when you have like, the, if that section is bigger and puffier, it shows that you're going to be more giving. Oh, interesting. And it also, it also represents like your appetite. <laughs> okay. For food? So the nickname of, well, I was going to say the nickname for this mount is called the sex, drugs, and rock and roll <laughs> mount. Really? <laughs> okay. So the bigger this section is, the more your appetite is for like physical pleasures. Oh my God. That's the okay. first thing you should be looking at when you're on a date. You're like, let me see your thumb. Let me see your Venus mount. So yeah, that's located inside the lifeline and it's the big puffy area next to the thumb. So next to the thumb. Yeah, so not on say, the thumb. No, like not the, the thumb part. itself. Next to the thumb. Yeah, the fleshy bulgy Ooh, part. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. All right. But yeah, so those things are important okay. to to look at, and they're easy to to check for as well. Okay. So because sometimes the lines get, get quite complicated. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm know. gonna I'm gonna take note. What what was yeah. my first thing? So if my secondary one was water, it was fire. Was my first one right? Oh, wait, um, you didn't take a picture of your fingers. Like I need to see all of your fingers oh. relative to your okay. Head. So I only. You'll, you'll have to send okay. me another my, picture. My fingers aren't exceptionally um, long, I would say. They're... Your fingers are long? Well, I don't know. what They're not stubby fingers, but they're definitely not like long. and Well, maybe they are actually. Yeah. Well, I, I would probably need okay. to see. I'll... But yeah, generally, so generally speaking, if your middle finger relative to the length of the palm is three quarters or less, then you have short fingers. Wait, wait. All right, what enough is it with again? Marnie, my turn. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. Not, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, do, we'll do it afterwards because we have to answer questions from listeners oh, now. Oh, sure. I, 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 okay. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm sure they don't want to hear about all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just want to selfishly hear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just my fingers. Okay. So we're going to answer some questions from our listeners. Hi, Marnie and Kristen. Big fan of your podcast. Using this email to preserve my anonymity, but I have a story and a question. Going out for drinks with a friend and I, uh, and he casually asks about my Tinder life. I show him my conversations and he immediately decides to message a girl that I didn't respond to for nearly a month. A little drunk, I said, why not? Little did I know for the rest of the night, he would be messaging this girl. It's going to a point where he said, hey, want to meet up tonight? And the girl responded, I was down to meet up a month ago, but you never asked. So I'm a young guy, 20 years old, and have been single for nearly, nearly two years now. No big deal. Been looking to get back out there casually. Recently, I've started using Tinder and having a lot of success, i.e. making my own successful pickup lines, having great conversations, but I have one problem. I don't know how to finish the conversation. I don't know how to finish the conversation, not ejaculate. <laughs> sorry, that was his comment. Whether it's in a person, oh, no, sorry, I was on the ejaculation. Okay, whether it's in person, for example, a coffee shop or online like Tinder or even texting, do you have any advice for the guy to finish the first conversation and move on to a date? Sincerely, sincerely, T. So actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to to Kristen first on this one since she is the banter champ. When do you stop bantering and ask for the date? Well, it depends when you're online versus when you're in person. So in person, you can read body language a little better. So if someone's really enjoying themselves, you don't want to push them over the point of enjoying the banter to now I'm sick of 
the banter. So you always want to do it quicker than you think you would want to. I mean, that applies to online too. So it's like, again, I refer to Seinfeld. He canceled the show in 1999 when they were the number one show on the air because he wanted to go go out on top. So you want to apply the same idea to ending the conversation. You don't want the conversation to get to a point where it's like, eh, this is kind of fizzling down. It was good five minutes ago. And now we're going to like, eh. So as much as you want to keep going and stay on that train of, you know, banter and having fun, you have to have self-discipline and kind of cut yourself off because then you don't want to lose that magic. Because once you're in that magic moment of things working and flowing, that's when you just go in for it. You don't, um, you don't let it fizzle. You keep it at the same energy level and you just stay honestly like, this is, I'm having a really good time. Would you, you know, let's go out next week. So you want to be on that roller coaster where it's already in motion. And there's that saying that bodies in motion tend to stay in motion. Bodies at rest tend to stay at rest. It's the same kind of idea in terms of asking someone out. Like if you're in motion, keep going with that motion, ride that wave. If you're not, if you start to lose that motion, it's going to be a lot harder to get it back. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good spiel. (laughs) Cynthia, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Well, I would probably want to look at their little finger. (laughs) So if I could see their little finger, that would kind of tell me how much they want to keep talking or, you know, how, again, it's like the action. Uh, Because your little finger represents your communication finger. So if it's a long finger, that's somebody who likes a lot of conversation. And you can tell if it's long, by the way, with um, how far up does it go next to the ring finger. So if it goes up above that upper phalange of the ring finger, then it's considered long. And I would probably want to keep the conversation going if the person had a long little finger. But if it was just average or if it was, you know, short, then I would just probably move along. I would move it along quicker. To, to what? To asking for the date? So so, so this is how I'm picturing yes. it. So if you're having a conversation with a girl, everything's going really well. You glance down at her finger. It's like, it's really long. Can you then say, you know what? I'm really enjoying this conversation. Let's go grab a drink so that you have like an instant date right there. Yeah. Yeah. That okay, because be then you can continue yeah, on that high that you guys have together. Whereas what I'm hearing from mm-hmm. you is if you look down at her finger and it's like a little stub, <laughs> you you would say, <laughs> I'm having a really great time talking to you, but I you know, have to get back to my life and say it in some polite, fun, cute way. And then say, but I'd love mm-hmm. your number so that I can take you out for dinner next week or I can take you out for a drink or we can go to the batting cages. Touch that finger, have longer conversation. Right, but we'll do it later so that we can all recharge. Basically, the Mm -hmm. fingers tell you like how much energy they have to give to you. It's like, okay, I got a short finger. I got a short attention span. I have a long finger. I can talk forever. So that's that's interesting. Motivation for women dating, looking at men's hands, by the way. Right, exactly. Where she's like, ah, (laughs) no. Um, But so so that's interesting. So I I wonder if online when you don't have the finger to work with, if there is a way to get a gauge on how that woman would be more receptive, like without saying, can you just do a snapshot of your pinky finger for me and send it over and then that will help me choose how I direct this conversation. How, how could a guy, you know, get the same information using his words instead? 
Is it really just by asking out when he wants to? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's always good to be, you know, straightforward about what you want to do. And the worst she could say is no. So, you know, I I would advise to just, if that's what you want, you should just go for it. Okay, yeah. Do you think that water sign, fire sign, earth sign, air sign, do you think all those different types of women are still responsive when it comes to somebody boldly just saying, okay, like I'm enjoying this. I think you're awesome. Let's do this in real life. Well, yeah, for sure they react differently. The fire types tend to be more quick moving, which is what I am. So I, I, I appreciate people who are straightforward and, and direct people with longer fingers tend like overall longer fingers, like the water types and the air types, they, they tend to enjoy more of the back and forth and the, you know, that sort of thing, the playfulness and the, you know, it's like, well, I don't know if I really wanted to go anywhere. Right. (laughs) You know, they're, they're slower. I mean, that's just the way it is, but you know, you can still have fun with them and, and, you know, let them take the lead a little bit too. Okay. Interesting. All right. So if you next, oh, sorry. Oh. So it's a lesson. If you piss off a girl, you get her to flip you off. It's kind of a good thing because then you can go, oh, yes, that fits you very well. And that's how I, right. Exactly. It's like, oh, I, I, I took the wrong approach with you. I didn't even know. I wonder if you could save it after that in some sort of cute way. I anyway, there's so, a million yeah. ways that you can use this to be super fun. All right. Next question. Hey guys, brilliant podcast. So informative. And you guys are very funny. My dilemma. I am an attorney in my late twenties and I don't have uh, confidence issues at work. My biggest issue is in the realm of dating and what's holding me back is my pale skin and strawberry blonde hair. I wear I wear self-tanner and I am petrified of being judged on my pale skin. My self-tanner makes me feel way more confident and comfortable in my own skin and I'm so scared of being rejected by every woman I like because of my red hair and pale skin, especially when the time comes when I will have to tell them that I'm using self-tanner. Tanner. I, I have so been single for four. <laughs> I think a million women could yeah. relate to him. Like, yeah. what's he going to think when I take my makeup mm-hmm. off? I have four. I've been single for four years now. And my last girlfriend begged me to stop using self-tanner. And she said she has always prayed for a man with red hair and pale skin. I could never believe her, especially considering all the bullying I had endured growing up. Yet, she was the sweetest and most sincere woman I had ever met. I have a twin brother who was married for three years now to a girl I had a crush on in high school, but I never pursued her because the bullying let me believe I could not get someone like her. Any honest advice, please help. And please tell me on which episode you'll answer my question. If you do, kind regards, Fritz. Oh, he's definitely Irish. Fritz, red hair, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, there's a lot of groups of people who are obsessed with people with red hair. So I'd go there first to just boost your confidence because there are fan clubs for people with red hair and pale skin. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the leading member. I actually, right. I really don't mind red hair. I don't, I, I don't love it, but it's not like something where I'd be like, ew, red hair. And I think for the most part, if, if it were up to me, I would guess that the most, the majority of people saying redhead jokes, it's more just to be cliche and because it's a thing to do, not really because people are actually not liking people with red hair. That's Right. You know it's just I mean? unoriginal too. It's just yeah. like the easy person that sticks out, right. which is kind of a benefit for exactly. you too. Right. And 
I would just use it as more of a, I'm unique. This is what makes me different thing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something. I, I think I've talked about this before. My first ever boyfriend, Dave Wilson, redhead, palest guy in the entire world. I wasn't into him at first. Because again, it's very similar to my husband. He didn't look like what I pictured myself with, but he was friends with everybody that I was picturing myself with. And, and in fact, had, I had gone out with a lot of them as well in high school. And then my friend, Sammy Levy, kept pushing me to talk to Dave. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not really interested, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, just talk to him, talk to him. You'll really, really like him. And then we started having phone calls all the time. And I just totally fell for him. And he's not that his, he, his looks didn't pull me in before, but when I, I talked to him more, I, I just remember like thinking he was like the best looking person in the entire world. It's crazy. Like what your brain does when you like somebody that, that your attraction level sort of catch up to that. But yeah, suddenly I just thought he was the most gorgeous person I had ever dated. I was obsessed with him. And I remember he went backpacking in Australia, which is why I did it the following year, um, for three months. And I just like cried on my dining room table for night after. <laughs> it was Anyway, my point is, is that like, it, it, I, I wasn't into redheads before, but then I became obsessed with a redhead. And, but it was because he was more than just a redhead. He had so much more to his personality. So Fritz, I would say the first thing to work on is, is your, your own self-esteem um, because you, you had a wonderful girlfriend who liked you for you. And I think that many of your insecurities probably popped up and could have been damaging to that relationship. Just like Cynthia was talking about how open you are to other people and, and to compliments being thrown your way, you sound like somebody who can't receive. And that's it's not beneficial um, if you want to be in a long-term loving and caring relationship, you you have to be receiving. And so does the other person. Um, so I think the first thing to work on is just your your confidence levels. And I did a, a podcast, um, which I think will air a week before this one. Uh, Kristen wasn't on it, but I had a social scientist on and we talked about cognitive behavioral therapy and ways to eliminate fears and insecurities. And I think if you can go back and listen to that episode, some of the things that are on there on that episode that you can do yourself or with the help of a practitioner can really, really help you become uh, more confident with who you are and how you think and feel about yourself. Because there aren't a lot of women who are going to want to stick around to constantly pick you up and help you be the man that, that you know that you can be yourself. Uh, that was a long-winded answer, but those are my thoughts after reading your email. Cynthia, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yes, I completely agree with what you're saying that he needs to work on his own self-esteem because really there's, when you look at attraction, you know, the superficial, what he's talking about, the the red hair and the pale skin, that does not matter after probably two dates right. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's completely irrelevant. I mean, I married a guy who, you know, he's balding and it's like, who cares? Like, I don't even care. You know, he's still, he's my guy. Right. And now I've learned to love him exactly the way he is, you know? And he's like, well, do I need to get, you know, like something to, like, do I need to wear a hat all the time yeah. or what? Like he's, you know, he's, he's a little self-conscious about his hair, but it's like, you know what? I don't care. And the right partner is not going to care what you look like. So 
you know, I would actually recommend that he stop doing the the tanning and he should just embrace who he is. It's like, you know what? I got pale skin, you know, isn't that great? And he needs to start looking at himself as valuable. And when you're really insecure like that, you are going to attract the wrong type of person anyway. Right. So that's where you the what I call the fatal attraction is going to come in because they're going to come in and they're going to actually point out all the flaws in your you know right. <laughs> everything that's wrong with you and you're just going to go through rela- relationships like that until you can actually learn to value yourself and then you'll be able to attract the right type of partner so he needs to definitely do some work on himself and there's lots of great tools and techniques to do that but yeah, that's definitely where he needs I, to yeah, start. Yeah, and I have to be honest. Oh, sorry, go on. I was just, no, you go. I'm just going to make dumb jokes. It's really hard to do the podcast, not in person, and want to make dumb jokes because I, I like my face. I really want to tell you guys, ah, I want to make a dumb joke. But I can't. Your like, cheeks are hurting. Yes. You're like, I've got it. I'm holding it yes. back. I, I, can, I can feel mm-hmm. it. Um, well, I, well, I was going to say, I have to be honest. I can't stand when people wear self-tanner. Like, I think it looks... I don't know. Maybe well, they made you can't crazy tell. improvements and you can't yeah. tell. I, but I can tell. Everybody can tell. I'm sorry. You can. Even though people say you can't really tell, you can well, tell. I'm sure his palms are very hard to read because there's definitely going to be orange right. staining. <laughs> yes. like, I, just, I just think that it doesn't look natural in some way. You probably feel awkward because you're thinking, can they tell? I just think that there's always going to be this wall between yeah, what's you genuine. and other people because you're questioning it. I mean, if you feel, if you feel better in the self-tan, and you're confident in it, then continue doing it. Um, own that space and just just like let people see past the self-tanner. Same way that I would say to let people see past the pale skin or the red hair. Um, the it's pillow. all in, in the way that you carry these things. What? Nothing. Bad joke. They can't, another bad yeah. joke. You can't see it. I know that's a thing, but uh, I would say, you know, if you're, if you, you know, Fritz, if you really want to know what we think, I would say to send in a picture to us and we'll tell you. Show us your tanner, show us the no tanner, and we'll we'll tell you what we think. We'll be completely honest and blunt with you. And I'm sorry that you were bullied when you were younger. And that's a, that's a hard thing to get over, especially when you're young and you're not sure how to take in that information. I heard this term recently, which I should have been more familiar with, but it's hypervigilance and it's a post-traumatic stress response to things that hurt you in another time and you do everything to protect yourself from feeling that way again. So you're hypervigilant about, and it's for me, I do it all the time because I was um, like, I had a cross eye when I was a, I had a kid, I was a kid with a crossed eye. And so I am hypervigilant about never taking out my contacts, never letting anyone see me in glasses. It's a reaction. So he's hypervigilant about protecting himself from getting hurt again over his skin. Um, So it's definitely such a psychological thing that, if maybe he went to a therapist, of course, you know, worked on his self-esteem, um, he could maybe work through it. But I totally get it. And it's so interesting because in other cultures, I, I knew this girl who was from India and she told us how her grandmother used to scrub her in the bath to try to lighten her skin. So it's like really? our culture values darker skin, her culture values lighter skin. And so it's all just our perspective. It's just like a, it's it's not real. So. Right. Don't fall for society's expectations because, you know, they're just almost like an illusion in a way. They really are. It's crazy because I was watching this documentary recently that was talking about like all the people who, 
you know, follow the path to success. But the, the people who really become successful are the people who break those norms. It, it was a documentary about um, athletes and like how to become an, an exceptional athlete. And they say every single time, this person did something different. This person didn't do this. This person had their own style. They batted as a lefty instead of a righty. So it's like the ones who truly are absolutely amazing are the ones who kind of, you know, march march to the beat of their own drum. And um, Fritz, that's what I would recommend that you start doing. Whatever drum you want to march to, whether it's with tanning lotion or no tanning lotion, whatever you want to do, do it with pride and do it with confidence. Yeah, own your shit. All right. All right. And that is this week's show. Cynthia, thank you so much, first of all, for reading my palm. Um, and then also just giving us like this wonderful tool, just a, 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 not another thing to worry about. I don't want guys to think, okay, now I have to look at her palm too. Like this is horrible. It's just, it's just something else. Like my eyes are up here. Okay. Right. Stop looking at my hands. Why are you looking? Actually, that is a thing though, to look at somebody's hands. It's like, it's, I think it's, I totally forget now. It is something sexual to do. Anyway, separate from that, we'll find out exactly what that is, but it's just, just an interesting tool. It's just something that you can say, you know what I'm learning about recently? Let me look at your hand. It's a way to get you to, to to touch a woman and for her to touch you and to you for you guys to get close and then an interesting conversation. If you ever get to a lull in conversation, you can whip up your, you know, palm reading. No, yeah, you can say this. Anyway, I'm going to keep it with the rest of the palms of the women I've killed. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Chop off your hand. Uh, Cynthia, thank you so much for being on our show. Do you want to tell people how to get uh, the information that you talked about where they can upload their hands and you can analyze them? Sure. Yeah, you can just go to loveinyourhands.com and uh, go to my, the membership is Soulmate Connection Membership. So you can get started for free. You get one month for free, which is really fun. Uh, and I've also got a free report that you can subscribe to. It's uh, You can find out about your emotional type mm. and you can find that out through your heart line. So that's my free report for everybody oh, out there. Wonderful. All right. And anybody who wants to write in questions for Overanalyze This, send them into ask at Ask Women Podcast. Fritz, I definitely want you to send in a picture of yourself because I want to see what you look like. Uh, but anybody else, write to ask at Ask Women Podcast. New episodes of the Ask Women Podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. We're also posting on YouTube now. So go to youtube.com slash Marnie Kinris. And once a week, I post a new, audio now in video format of our podcast. You guys are amazing and awesome and supportive and wonderful. Thank you for continuing to listen to us as I get a little bit slower and Kristen gets a little bit more professional. I I, I think it's a nice balance at all times. But yeah, you guys are awesome. We'll see you next week.